What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking the write a review, say a few nice words, and give the podcast five stars if you feel like it's deserving of so. And uh, that will propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts and uh, give it more visibility nationally, internationally. Basically, it will help uh, strangers find the podcast. You can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which features a bunch of in-studio performances, live show performances, and uh, a short documentary on a band called Tribe Mars is up there. Hundreds of videos up there for your viewing pleasure. You can give that a subscribe too, so then you know when the uh, fresh videos hit the feed. But DanCablePresents.com is uh, where the central location for everything. The new episode is always uh, blasted up there as soon as it's uploaded and uh, just a, a way to find all the links to the Instagram, which is at DanCablePresents and where I'm most active on social media and uh, things of that nature. But I'm stoked to get into uh, episode 160, 160 today with uh, John Bryant from up there in Canada, just north north of the states up there in Canada. Had a real nice, uh, real nice chat with John. Stoked to get into it. We were able to uh, jump on the phone for a bit and uh, get to know each other. And I'm stoked to share that conversation with you as well as uh, feature some of his tunes on this episode of the podcast got some uh some calendar dates though as you know i i always have some calendar dates for you and uh 5 16 may 16th here in portland oregon at turn 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 this is a great bill we got uh maurice and the stiff sisters who are a great band and uh, a band that i really need to get on this podcast they put on an amazing live show, one of my favorite live shows to see in the city. And they are playing with uh, my friends in Brother Not Brother and Salt. Salt is opening the night. And uh, if you remember, maybe a couple months back, I had Elizabeth Fagan on from Lily St. Anne. I had her on the podcast, and she has a new side project, which is very cool, called Salt. And they will be opening there that night may 16th at uh turn 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 and if you're listening to this on release day we have uh some shows at the library this weekend may 3rd isabeau is a uh, former guest of the cast isabeau she's playing at the library there on hawthorne and uh i'm really stoked for that i haven't seen isabeau play in a while but she is definitely one of those highlight real episodes of the podcast for me and she's got some cool performances on the youtube channel so she will be dropping the sweet sweet tunes there on may 3rd at the library and then the following day we're having a free show at the library a may 4th show may the force be with you show with uh super secret band and uh salo panto which I'm, I'm really stoked to see Salo Panto. It'll be my first time seeing them. And uh, they are, of course, all encouraging folks to come to that show in your Star Wars gear. That's what they're doing. It's a free show. Donations are accepted, of course. But uh, So put that on your radar, as well as that uh, Turn, Turn, Turn show on uh, May 16th. And I'll keep you updated on all the shows going out the library. Lots of shows going on there. Almost every single Friday and Saturday, we got booked out. Some weekday shows coming at you, too. Stoked for... Uh, we got some some really cool stuff. May 31st, that's going to be a banger. There at the library with Sam Densmore and his band and Boots Void. So both former guests of the cast are uh, 
co-headlining that show. I think that's the first ever Boots Void show, too. I had Joey on sometime last last summer, I believe. Joey Harmon of Boots Void and uh, Tango Alpha Tango was on the show. And uh, I'm really stoked to see what kind of live show he has put together because I know that was one of the things he was trying to figure out after he put that uh, really great record out. So Boots Void and Sam Densmore on May 31st there at the library. And uh, I think that's all I got for you. That's all I'm going to harass you about for this episode. John Bryant is on the show. Welcome all, all of the uh, the fans of John Bryant. This is, you know, I'm, I'm assuming we're getting some some new folks tuning into this thing. So so thanks for thanks for checking out the show. And uh, thanks for uh, tuning into this conversation <clears throat> that I just got to have with John. And uh, this is one of those cool things about the internet, man. You find out about music that you may have never uh, never stumbled upon. And I, I found out about John because a, of an, an Apple playlist that came through my my weekly new music playlist he was he was in it and uh i really dug his his tunes and i had seen that he was uh intended to come through portland and i reached out about about chatting with him and then uh the tour did not end up working out but i was able to uh link up a phone conversation with john so that we could still chat it up so i was i was really stoked to get to get to talk with him and uh this was a very cool conversation we we jumped into uh some different things we talked about religion a little bit which is uh something i always dig diving into and and hearing people's takes on it especially those who were maybe very uh very religious or had um an upbringing that consistently um, had them in, in a church on a weekly basis and whatnot, and, and maybe those who have diverted a little bit from it as they've gotten older. And, and uh, I just like to, to hear people's takes on things and, and how their relationships with uh, their religious upbringings have changed. And, and I always really respect someone like John, who is a complete stranger to, to me, to be able to just kind of jump on the line and, and kind of get in to some of those types of things and i just really dig this dude's songwriting and uh we we talked about his new record that's due out on may 17th called cold classic and uh this kind of new direction of tunes but i really encourage you to uh check out some of his his previous work 20 something is uh, a record that i dig quite a bit and uh, there's a bunch of tunes on there that i really love so if you if you like what you hear then uh go backward and and check out some of this music that we we talk about on the cast and and that will kind of give you an idea of uh some of the progressions that we speak about in the uh the songwriting and the production and uh that'll kind of fill in fill in some of those gaps for you but uh yeah what a cool cool vibe i caught from john and and uh really really enjoyed talking to him and i I know i'm gonna enjoy listening to his music even more after after having the opportunity to chat with them i think we got a pretty good connection out of the phone for this thing there was a couple sirens going on in the back but it only happened once or twice and i think it's fine and uh, i know it's not always the most ideal thing to have to do these things over the phone but Ultimately, uh, the phone conversations kind of open up this uh, this other avenue of artists that that maybe uh, don't live in the area, and and I'm I'm stoked for the opportunity to get to do things like this, and uh, just really appreciate John's time, and uh, I just also want to give a shout to Danielle, who uh, was definitely instrumental in in helping putting this thing together and making this phone call happen as well so we're gonna get into it people don't forget to leave your itunes reviews i cannot stress the importance of these itunes reviews enough they are uh, very important in helping growing the show and and uh 
it's a direct contribution to the sustainability of the show, and uh, I appreciate the hell out of anybody that has already taken that next step in supporting. And uh, I appreciate everybody tuning in, though. Everybody gets hugs, you know, big big digital hugs. Whether you leave the review or not, the the digital hugs are are still coming at you. And uh, we've got episode one hundred. And 60 is coming at you. We're kicking it off with a, uh, a track off of uh, John's upcoming record called Cult Classic. And uh, there's a bunch of tunes that are already available on the streaming sites. I will put all the links in the episode notes so you can keep up with John if you dig what you hear. And that way you know when he is playing if you're up there in uh in canada john is playing this sunday may 5th he will be at the biltmore cabaret in vancouver canada and this is a track off of john's new record it's called yeah 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 let's get into it it's 12 o'clock and i'm still John. Hey, what's up? How are you? Pretty good, man. How's it going? I'm good. Really good. Right on. Thanks for uh, yeah. jumping on the line here with me to, to chat about some tunes. Yeah, man. 
Yeah. Absolutely. I, Happy to. I uh I stumbled upon your music about a year ago, uh at home came on one of my Apple Music weekly playlists. And oh cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I kinda I, I really dug that tune and it, it led me to finding the rest of your music that you had you had put out and uh I I dig your songwriting quite a bit, so I'm stoked to have the opportunity to to chat with you, man. Oh man, this is great. I'm I'm glad you found me. Yeah, I, I know I know these uh these phone interviews can be a little uh awkward to to find timing and rhythm, but I'm I'm confident that you and I can can find a groove here because I know yeah. uh, one of the things that, that you're big on is, is human connection and our, our need to do that. And that is, uh, a big, yes. it's a big reason I, I do this <laughs> podcast and it, it kind of pushes me into, into those types of situations to have a, a real human interaction. That's not, you know, sending direct messages through Instagram and whatnot. For sure. Yeah. No, I, I, if, if, if face, uh, face to face doesn't work, I appreciate the phone conversation. Absolutely. It's the next, spe- next best thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lo- yeah. I'd love to start, uh, with just talking to you about when you, you first started playing music and, and kind of your early exposure to it. Oh yeah. It will go way back. Right on. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I, uh, I I grew up in a in a Nova Scotia. I don't know if you know where that is. Yeah, sometimes it gets mentioned in like in zombie movies, and uh, it's just where people go when the world collapses. Uh, <laughs> where a lot of people play <laughs> hockey. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Our, our claim to fame, Sidney Crosby's from there. Um, but yeah, no, I grew up in a in a big family of seven uh, with like five siblings, and then. Uh, and then my, my parents, of course, but my dad was a, a gospel singer. Uh, so we grew up kind of in, in a church environment singing every week. And, and, uh, I, I credit my dad with, with learning how to sing harmony because he was the guy that would sing over everyone else. He was very, he was a very powerful, loud singer. So, you know, all I could ever hear was his harmonies and, and, uh, was put in, in piano lessons pretty early on because I was, I was starting to play by ear on my own. So my parents kind of threw me into piano and, and I did eight years of that. And then I started playing drums and then guitar after that. And then I started writing music in, uh, in high school. I started to sort of take, take form and take shape over the years. And I, uh, got to college and started to really write seriously, I guess. And, um, and put out a, put on EP, uh, that eventually, got heard by an old friend of mine from high school and, and he was a producer engineer at the time. And, um, and still is of course, but, uh, he, he reached out and said, Hey man, we'd love to have you out in, uh, it was in Calgary. So I flew across the country to record this, this album with him. And it was a full length, my first album called two coasts for comfort. That was in 2009. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I mean, there's, it's been a lot, it's been my whole life, but, but mostly the last 10 years that I've been doing this, this thing. Uh, called John Bryant music. <laughs> yeah, did did you take to it pretty quickly when you started getting into the piano lessons, or or did you was that just kind of something you had to do because your your parents wanted you to get involved with learning an instrument? Uh, no, I I really wanted to do it early on. I I was really eager to play music and um, and write music. I, I was writing music as a kid. Um, it wasn't good, <laughs> mind you, but. <laughs> Um, uh, when I look back, it was pretty, pretty terrible. Um, uh, but I, uh, I think around high, uh, junior high, like seventh to 10th grade, I, I started to lose interest cause it wasn't the cool thing to play, you know? So I, that's when I started playing drums, uh, and, uh, eventually picked up guitar and kind of went with that for, for, for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. Was, was, uh, picking up the guitar kind of what really started driving your, your personal songwriting? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's where that's kind of where my my self expression took took more form because I was right when I was writing piano stuff. It was just instrumental, but the uh, the, the guitar stuff was in, you know heavily influenced by songwriters, you know, singer songwriters like like uh, James Taylor and Neil Young and um, 
Dispatch, a band called Dispatch was a, was a big influence when I was a, a young, I guess it was 13, 15. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and then, and then in college when you put out that first EP, that's when you kind of started taking it a little more seriously or about, about something maybe you wanted to pursue and try to try to play all over the, the country and, and get out of the, get into the States as well and play yeah. some tunes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I actually, the thing that really got me, got me going was I, I released this album on Apple music and, um, at the time there was, you know, there wasn't Spotify. It was 2009, late 2009. And, uh, about two weeks, three weeks after it got released, I got a phone call from, uh, my producer and he said, Hey, someone's going to call you really soon. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's really exciting. So just make sure you're, you're by your phone. And, uh, it, it, it ended up being Apple music wanting to use the first track off that album as their single of the week when they used to do the, you know, Starbucks single of the week and Apple music single of the week. Um, and that was huge. Cause I, I mean, I had no, no career in plan in, 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 in my mind, I, I was just, it was a hobby project. It was actually an art project to, I was an illustrator in high school or in uh, college. I, I would study design and illustration and I illustrated an album cover as a project, as a school project. And my teacher was like, he actually, he said to me, he was like, dude, you play music, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, why don't you just write some songs or finish the songs you started and put and make an actual album instead of just making this a school project. So I, I, I did that. <laughs> so you already and, had the art piece. Have that. You already had yeah. the, the art piece before you even started making the tunes. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Weird, weird way to do it for sure. But so kind of getting, um, kind of getting that, that call from Apple music was, uh, I would imagine kind of pretty valid validating at the time about what your songwriting capabilities oh, were. Well, yeah, it came, it, it was such a surprise and I was, yeah, it was, it caught me off guard, man. I was, I was going to move to Toronto and be a, a typographer and like do like work for a, a, like a magazine or a newspaper. That, that was my trajectory. But, uh, yeah, that, that happened. And then, and then I got a, I got a touring kind of route out of that. Cause I guess I got the numbers. I asked someone from Apple, like, what were the numbers? And they were like, yeah, somewhere around like 35 to 40,000 people downloaded it. The song, so I was like, and they're all in Canada, and they're like, yeah. So, so I, all of a sudden I you have this base. Whole, I, <laughs> I had this fan base, yeah. I had people coming out to shows on my first tour ever. It was such a, was such a wild experience. It's so cool, so cool to see. Yeah, were you even playing yeah. much out at that point? Well, yeah, I was. I was doing a lot of open mics in Halifax, where I, where I was going to school. Um, but outside of that, I, I, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't touring. I had no plans of touring, but yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard that, uh, that Canada is, is good to artists as far as offering them things like, like grants and, and things of that, that nature. Is that, is that something that yeah. you've benefited from being a Canadian? Yeah, I, I, I certainly have. Yeah. The, the, the grant programs here are, world class and um and, and we have a pretty good good export program with with our artists like we have a lot of musicians coming out of canada that are that are touring internationally so yeah i'm just one of those one of those lucky dudes that got you know got a grant to get started and uh but the one thing that i kind of that now that i look back i think of is like um grants make it a little easier for artists to you know what i mean like like it's sort of you sort of um trade a bit a bit of that like that like work ethic not that i didn't work hard because i certainly did but um but i wasn't having to like work three or four jobs to get to get an album out i wasn't like dying on the you know in every way to 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 get my music out so there's like a pro and a con to the grant program that i but I think the pros outweigh the cons because everyone I've talked to from the states that knows about this, this these programs are are so like, oh my god, it'd be so nice to have that. Yeah, you know? I mean, I would imagine it just takes a lot of the stress out of the situation when you're not, you know, having to bank all your money into a project and 
And I could see how maybe it could, uh, you know, distract your work ethic a little bit. But but ultimately, Mm -hmm. I would imagine, you know, just having that pure energy to put into it and not not necessarily having to put a bunch of hours into a nine to five grind to grind out this cash to put into this record that may or may not doing anything would be a benefit. And oh man, yeah. Just totally. seems like it just seems like a a rad thing to you know contribute to you know people are going to absolutely going to make music and uh i i don't see why you know why that that shouldn't be as important as you know pursuing a career at a college or or whatever that may be yeah it's it's like a small business grant and and you know it yeah there's no question i mean uh, it helped in every way to get me started. And, and the good thing about it is it, it allows you or frees you up to write, to continue to be creative. So you're not, you're not so distracted with nine to five kind of work. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I've, it's also true that they, uh, they play a certain amount of Canadian artists on the, on the radio. Is that also true? Yeah. Yeah, it's called CanCon, Canadian content, um, and radio stations are required to, I think it's 50%, but I feel like it used to be 30 So I think they've upped it to 50 now so that Canadian artists get more of a platform in in, in Canada. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty cool too. Like we really are, the country really supports, gets behind their artists yeah, in so a big way. When, when, did you, uh, when did you start making your way down to the States and playing shows down here? Um, well, I, first shows I played there were back in 2010 in New York. I, it was actually the week that I got that single of the week. Um, I had a, I had a very well connected friend who, who got in touch with a bunch of venues and got me in on a last minute on a, uh, it was, a, it was like a post Christmas vacation. I was going down to visit friends in Jersey. So, um, yeah, we booked five shows in New York. I played five shows there in the span of a week. And then over the years, I've, I've played, you know, and I lived in Seattle for a few years, played Seattle, uh, L.A., Chicago, Austin, New York. Um, yeah, Austin. A couple other, couple other obscure cities. But, yeah, I do love being in the States, man. I love playing in the States. Um, you mentioned at the beginning of the conversation that, that your dad was a uh, a gospel singer and, and that's kind of where you got your, your singing roots from. Um, yeah. Did you, um, I would imagine you grew up religious then. And some, some of that, uh, yeah. some of that seems to flow into the lyrical content through some of the records. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the early on stuff. Yeah. Sure. What is yeah. your, what is your, uh, your relationship with religion look like now? Is that, is that something that you've kept up with? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I still like, I go to church here and there. Um, I, I think it's, yeah, I think it, it the, the church I go to is really, uh, progressive. It's different from, uh, from some churches I, I grew up with. And but I was talking to my brother, like, like an hour ago and we were saying like how we were, we had a good upbringing. Like we didn't have a weird, any weird, uh, church experiences. It was a pretty like mellow church, but yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I just take everything with a grain of salt now. Like I've, I've seen a few, like, I've seen a few bad churches in my day. I toured with like a, a, a Christian band a few years ago and, you know, you see, you see a bit of everything and, and you realize like, Oh, no one's got it perfect. No one has it absolutely right. Everyone's, everyone's just trying to figure it out, man. And, and people need grace and love. And, and that's trying you know, that's what I try to, put out my music and but I try to represent when I'm on the road and when I'm with people I don't know and, and people I know, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's certainly, I've, 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 I've taken a lot of what I've learned in, in the church and tried to try to weed out this stuff. That's like not as relevant to my life or my belief system anymore. Yeah. I've, I I've, I've, absolutely, man. I, I totally kind of in that same boat and, uh, the grace and love is, is definitely, the big message and uh i yeah. i just 
it just seems like a lot of that gets gets lost somehow and uh yeah um yeah yeah do you do you think your your perception of like what god is 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 a lot different than you thought when you were growing up as a kid too or is is that something that's kind of always changing for you no it's definitely shifted um what's the guy's name i i uh, there was this guy that kind of altered my understanding of what i thought of god it was a couple of years ago but um yeah it's it's less uh i think i'm closer to to atheism in some ways in that uh like God, I don't know if God exists the way we think he exists or it exists. Um, it, God is outside of exist, existence. I don't know uh, if that vibes with you at all, but absolutely, man. Um, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. And, 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 uh, and then everything else, it's like God is, I think we have this in, innate knowledge of like what is right and wrong. And, you know, we, we have instincts that kind of like, we need love and we need acceptance. We need to, you know, to be valued. We need to, we need to know that. And I think, uh, the details of, of, of religion, the details within religions, within specific religions are less important by the day. You know, I think they're waking up to that right now. I think there's a shift, especially in like my generation. Um, cause the church I go to, I feel like everyone I talk to is on that same wavelength. We're all kind of like, we don't know what God is, but we, we dig God. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's just less of a, a sure thing. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. That, that stuff all, all definitely resonates. And, uh, I'm just always, I'm always curious about somebody's, uh, kind of religious upbringings, I guess, if they have one, just because I grew up, uh, yeah. going to Catholic church for a long time. And then, I don't know, sure. kind of parted ways with it after high school and was very, uh, very closed off to religion. And now I'm still not associated with any particular religion, but I feel like I have a uh, closer relationship with whatever God is than, yeah. than I ever have, you know, if that makes any sense or. Totally. Yeah. No, it, it, it's like, you know, way less than you ever did, but you feel sure about what you know, that the, the limited knowledge you have. Like you, I feel a little more certain about what I know now, which is a lot less than what I used to be certain of. Absolutely, man. Like that. And, yeah. and hopefully that's where, where that compassion comes from is understanding that you don't understand someone else's struggle or like necessarily what, what their experience is here and, and judgments upon those people and whatnot. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you're, you're way more open to hearing people and, and, and giving them a level of grace that you wouldn't have if you were coming from a place of being right. You know, you're, you're the, you're the moral authority and you, you have the sacred knowledge that no one else has, you know, that, that, that never works in, in, in any sort of like dialogue or conversation. It's just like conversation is done at that point. If yeah. that's the, if that's the attitude. Absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, I appreciate you diving into a little bit of that because I, I know there's some some subtle aspects that seem to seep into your your music yeah. and and I don't know you can even kind of hear I for me I, I can kind of hear some of that the influence of some of those gospel hymns even coming through on maybe a song like Deep Dark Valley on on Twenty Something and uh, yeah maybe even on Superstition yeah. on the new record. Like just a little bit of those yeah. hymns coming through. Yeah, man, I love the hymns, uh, the music, and from church, I, I still dig all that, man. I, yeah, I have, I have quite a relationship with that. Just you know, my dad being a gospel singer and all that. It's like until the day I die, it'll have such such importance to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think it's also just uh, incredibly communal when you hear a bunch of people singing together in harmony. Like there, that's, there's something yeah. undeniable about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I left, the, I left church for like five years, uh, back in 2013, I stopped going to church or 20, 2012. And, and I remember the first like time I went back to church after a long time away, 
like it was like it made me weep i was just like just floored i wasn't expecting it i was like i was going in like with a hoodie on i was like don't talk to me leave me alone you know yeah. just trying to like play low-key but, but i'm like weeping in the back just <laughs> so funny to think about now but yeah yeah it's, it's it's like this i'm just like slowly climbing back to being okay with being in church and yeah, maybe a little less resentful it, about about some of the like shitty things that you've seen along the way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right on, man. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's let's yeah. jump into some music here. Let's uh, let's, sure. This is uh, we're gonna get into Paradise, which is uh, that, right. that's the first song on the new record, right? Yeah. And yeah. uh. Yeah, this is this is definitely definitely a cool introduction, I think, to this record that that is coming out on May seventeenth. Man, I feel like this is a really cool introduction to this this new world in, of of uh, production that you're kind of diving into with this batch of tunes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a departure from from what I was doing before, but it feels it feels right, man. Right on. Yeah. Well, this is uh, this is Paradise from John Bryant after his new record called Cult Classic.
So you're kind of starting to to lean into this this music that's got a little bit more of an R and B feel and, and groove to it, and and certainly the the pop sensibilities are are still all there that seem to be a core part of your your songwriting. But uh, I don't know. I just I just love how your your voice lies in some of these newer tunes and and the. And it just kind of seems to really groove on a song like like Paradise and just all the rad bass lines that that are throughout this record. Um, yeah. What what kind of changed in your writing process after the the twenty something record going into writing this batch of tunes for Cult Classic? Um. Well, I I got happier, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like. I think 20 something was, was as sad as it gets for me. Cause I'm what people don't know. Like when they meet me after shows, I'm pretty jovial. Like I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm on a high. So I'm really like social. Right. And, uh, and they're not, they're not expecting that they're expecting a bit more of a somber, like quiet dude. So, so I, I feel like 20, 20 something was, was authentically who, who I was at that time. And what I was going through was divorce, you know, I was, aching and dying on the inside but but like this next record it uh, it was the departure from from like wallowing in that sadness and like i'm gonna make my life what i want to make it now and that was you know four years like five years ago so i just i just started kind of like revisiting my old my i guess my roots as a as, as a kid i used to listen to a lot of hip-hop it's not a lot of r&b i love i love like john b <laughs> like not for any narcissistic reasons, but you know, he's a great R and B singer, <laughs> Brian McKnight. I loved voice to man all for one, all these, like all these hella dope, like singers. Cause you know, I wasn't allowed to listen to a lot of rock music cause it was pretty, pretty edgy. And my, my parents were pretty careful about what I was, was it what I was exposed to, but R and B, um, some of it at least was, uh, was okay. And, uh, and I think my dad was just like, if we're going to give them any edgy music. I want them to be singing the right way. So, <laughs> you want to do you hear the, yeah. the soul singers. Exactly. We want to hear big harmonies and like pitch perfect, and, you know, that, that, that kind of thing. So, and, and then my, my dad's, that was his influence. And my mom's influences were like Beatles and Fleetwood Mac. And she loved the Moody blues and, and, and the beach boys and like all these like really surf rock, like, like early early BGs were were big influence and and then I I, I picked up the pieces in the eighties and like I had like I loved the Smiths I loved uh, Bruce Hornsby um, and the Police like but so it has a lot of influences and I'm picking a lot of things up for this record you know all the sounds I wanted to make so this was this record was like a, a passion project for me in uh, in production and this is I think the most like me album i've written today um yeah yeah man i i just uh i'm i mean i'm i'm a fan of of your catalog of music that you've put out thus far but it just seems like you've uh definitely definitely are kind of making this music that has more feel than it's ever had before like yeah there's, there's just a lot of i appreciate that man there's just Thank a you. lot of vibe to this record and and i think like yeah i don't know it seemed like the songwriting itself seemed to um really start to come into its own with that 20 something record and i don't know if that's just the the vulnerability of of what you were going through at that time and the and the rawness of it because it's definitely a a heavy record and and some of those tunes resonated mm-hmm. super heavy with me and i like i remember putting on like after i had heard at home the first thing i jumped yeah. into was the 20 something record and that opens up with don't wait which was so cool to hear that yeah. just because obviously what you're doing now is different so that was kind of that don't wait song is definitely more in that singer songwriter realm and it kind of reminded me of yeah. uh of some city in color, some Dallas green vibes, a fellow Canadian. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I, I love his, I love his music, man. Yeah. There's no doubt. I've somehow been influenced by that guy. Yeah. But yeah, don't wait yeah. and, and light just, uh, just some, some very, very heavy music. 
and but also mm-hmm. it just seemed like the the songwriting hit a new level there and uh it seemed like i don't know it seemed like the record you you started diving into a lot of different production even on that one and ex- yeah. exploring some things but this this thing man this this cult classic album is uh yeah it's just kind of vibes for days but i think that the cool thing about it like uh, one of the cool things about the progression of the the songwriting and production with the the cult classic record is that your existing mm-hmm. like your existing fans are are still going to be you know getting those those quote unquote John Bryant kind of songwriting sensibilities seem to be there with with songs like two and a half years. Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I, uh, I that's always a fear as a, as a songwriter is how far do you get away from what you're already doing and what people have 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 been attached to, you know. It's it's always a fear, and this this album was a big one for me, like big departure. So it it, it was scary. I, I kind of wanted to can it for a while. I didn't want to do like I didn't I didn't like it at first. <laughs> uh, that that was a really scary feeling, man. I I remember I I got back from like we just finished tracking a bunch of stuff, and I the producer sent out a bunch of like rough mixes. And I sat in the car listening to all of them. I sat like it was like forty minutes in the car and just like I was like, "Fuck, I hate this so much, man! I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't release any of this. What have I, what have I done my last two years?" Yeah, that that was a scary moment. But but it, every musician that I've talked to has that moment where they're like, "I hate this." Yeah, was there what like what what was the the thing that kind of flipped the switch and and changed for you? as far as want like feeling like this was a good record to put out? Um, I think getting out of it, like getting out of my head and getting away from the music itself. I took like two weeks off after that. And just, uh, once we finished the record, it was like, they started, the producer started mixing and I didn't want to be there for the mixing. I just wanted him to do his thing first and then I'll make some adjustments. Uh, later on, you know, when, when it's to a point, but, uh, I stepped away from it, man. And, and when I came back, it was like, I heard it with fresh ears, heard it a little more objectively now. Um, then I, obviously, and I had before. So I, and I just, I listened with open, with a bit more openness to, uh, to, uh, if, like if, if I was listening to another artist and has been their project, would I like this? I was like, yeah, I like it. And I don't know what changed, but it's just something flipped in my brain. Yeah, just sometimes <laughs> needing that that time to walk away from it and come in with fresh ears. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, how are how are you composing initial ideas for these newer tunes? Is it still happening on an instrument, or is it more of a thing where you're sitting down at a computer and and kind of formulating foundations out of beats or or something like that, and more of a producer role? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely uh, warming up to being a producer or like producing demos. I'm not, a, I'm, I'm a terrible engineer. I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but I know enough that I can, I can make sounds come out of the machine. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but no, I, I, yeah, like I have a, I try to work with as analog as possible at first and, and not use too many loops, like, like build the song organically. So I'm, you know, sometimes I'll make a song, but that song, I'll take one little part of what I was working on and then that'll turn into something else and, and, and it'll have a whole new sound and everything. So I try not to, I try not to limit myself at first with, with like a four chord progression. Um, and then I'll, you know, I have an Alesis, an 86 Alesis, uh, HR 16. It's just like, it's a drum pad. So I, I like, I'm like tapping beats and stuff. Uh, that's been really fun. I bought that on Craigslist uh, a couple months ago. Nice. And uh, yeah, and then I have I have just a, an assortment of instruments uh, in my place, and um, a couple electric guitars, a, a baritone guitar, and uh, yeah, and then I just build it. I just kind of sit down, and if I if I'm not distracted, that's the hardest part is just not being distracted. <laughs> uh, I'm AD. Yeah, absolutely. So much trouble with that. <laughs> um, yeah. 
But are, are mainly most of the ideas coming from just messing around with the guitar, or you, do you use the the piano as a, as a writing tool as well? Yeah, no, I use I'm using the piano quite a bit more than the guitar at the moment because um, you know in the last few years I've started like I've really started to uh, train myself a bit better with with the keys. So um, you know I'll, I'll I'll just go on YouTube and learn some new chords recording patterns and, 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 uh, progression. And then I'll try to incorporate those into songs somehow. So a lot of the newer stuff is quite experimental R and D yeah. that I'm doing right now. Yeah. It's fun. Absolutely. Really fun. Obviously the keys lend that, yeah. lend that, uh, that feel very well to the R and B. I love, I love that, uh, that piano line that runs through like the end of each phrase on at home. And in, oh yeah. In the verse. Yeah. yeah. Super rad. Yeah. Um, yeah, does, man. Does yeah, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. I was just curious if, uh, this, this collection, um, of tunes changes the way you approach live performances for the future. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to tour these solo and and to do the songs justice without a band. Um, so I, I now I pref- I really prefer having a band. I have a I have a three piece that I tour with um, from Vancouver, where I'm based, and uh, in in the odd like solo show, I just I, I pull out some older stuff and and try to incorporate a few new ones and just do them a little differently so that they uh, they don't sound so so strange because like paradise and, and yeah, 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 yeah. And all these other songs really depend on, on the, the beat and the, and the, and the baseline. I mean, it's, there's no question. Yeah. Yeah. What, it, what is, uh, it, it can be tricky. What is your, are you playing songs from like deep in the catalog then? Is there, is there jams coming off that, that first record when you're playing these, these solo acoustic shows still? Yeah, there's a few. I mean, people like people at shows will request songs like oh, I was in uh, shoot, where was I? New York or I think it was in New York or Philly, and someone requested a song, and I was like, no, I can't do it. I I don't remember any of the words, so I had to like shut down my own my own fan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, terrible! It's such a terrible feeling, but. But I try to like whip out two, two songs at least from the older stuff, two to three if I can. But most of the most of the new shows that I'm playing now are, are from the new record or are gonna be from the new record. So, right on. Yeah, yeah. Do you have Do you have like a, a takeaway from your experience in doing this for for ten years of, of documenting your your tunes and, and your stories through music thus far? Or um, take away like 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 uh, something I've, that stuck with me the whole time. Yeah, or or just like what you've taken away from the experience. Like, is it is it wild to you that you've been doing this for ten years now, or is this kind of all feel like it? It's it's supposed to be just because you've always been involved in music somehow. Um, no, I, I I don't. I I definitely don't take anything for granted. I know that I'm in such a, I'm in a really privileged position and, and like to, to do what I do is such a, a cool thing. Like there's no question about it. Like I have one of the coolest jobs in the world. I make music, I play it and then I get interviewed by cool people. <laughs> you know, like I get to like, I get to be me and like, and, and give to the world, like my art and what I create. And then people write me telling me how it's, you know, they love it. And they, some of them like, this, this is our wedding song or this is, this song got me through a, a series of like really depressing times. Like I've had some crazy messages from people saying like, like what these songs mean to them. And I got, I got one the other day, like, and it just think that those are the moments. And I always write back. I'm like, thank you for reminding me of why I do this. You know, like I'm so, I'm so lucky. And it's been a lot of hard work, you know, and, but I'm just, 
I can't believe what I get to do is is music. Yeah, <laughs> I man. never would have thought. It's a beautiful way to, to fuel yeah. the fire when you're getting that sort of feedback too, because I know that it is hard work and, and you can get burnt out. And I'm sure that you have plenty of days kind of, kind of like that day you, you, yeah. you were talking about listening to the mixes for the new record and, and kind of wondering if you just wasted the last two years of your life making these songs that you don't really oh, yeah. like very much, you know? So I think, sure. yeah. I think it's very cool to kind of have the, that validation and, and also just to know that you're, your art is having an impact on people because obviously other people's art that have come before you have influenced you to do what you're doing. And I'm sure gotten you through some tough times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to put myself in like their shoes. Like if, if it was an artist that was, if, who would I say this to? What artist would I say this to? And how would I feel if they wrote me back? Like what, you know, Absolutely. try to be really conscious. Of that. Yeah. Um, what would what would you tell John Bryant ten years ago when he was recording the tunes for for Two Coasts for Comfort? What what advice would you give the younger version of yourself at that point? Um, I would just I would say what someone told me around ten years ago, and that is, um, be be nice to everyone, and uh, and don't give up. Uh, that's what I'd say. Yeah. Cause I knew what I had to do. I, I had a vision. I had like a goal. I had goals back then. And, uh, and so far so good. Just, I think, but I think the most important thing is just be kind and be, be the most, be the most nice, kind, lovely person that you can be to people in this industry and, and stick around. Cause if you, if you got the music, it's just a matter of time. Yeah what, yeah, what do you think kind of gave you that, that faith and belief in yourself to pursue that vision? I don't know. I don't know exactly. I just, I just knew I had something to say. And, and I wanted to, I just wanted the platform to say it. And, it, and you know, it was going to be, it, it, it could have been design or some sort of like visual art that I went with that that I, that I could take that, you know, that some sort of message to the world, but it was like, I want it to be, I knew it was going to be music after, after my first album came out. And, and I just, I don't know. I just had a gut feeling like kind of followed and I just kept at it. Right on, dude. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you uh, yeah. kept following it and I'm, I'm stoked on the music that you're making. And, uh, it's, uh, it's a it's a real pleasure to get to chat it up with you, man. I can't wait for you to uh, come through the states, or maybe I'll get to come up to Canada and see you play a show up there. But I'm I'm looking forward to catching a live show and maybe uh, getting to say what's up to you in uh, in person. Absolutely, man. Yeah, that's been, been a great conversation. Right where, where where are you based? I'm, I'm You're in, in Portland. Yeah, Portland, Oregon. Dude, I'm playing on Sunday in Vancouver. Just saying, if you want to come up, I'll comp your tickets. No oh, worries. Man. I, I would but, love uh, to make it's that. It's a long, I know it's a, it's a long drive. <laughs> yeah. No, no pressure, but. I got, I got that nine I'll to five. To, I'll come to you. I got that nine to five grind on Monday, so I'm not sure I'm going to be able to work that one out. Ooh. But if I, uh, yeah, you know, no, if I get wild, you know, if I get wild and, and All right. I decide to do it, I'll, I'll definitely throw you a text and let you know that I'm on my way. Um, Dude, absolutely. But yeah, I got you. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for the conversation, man. This is really great, and definitely uh, really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit. And uh, that always informs the way I listen to the music going forward. Getting to mm -hmm. to to know a little bit more about you, so I'm stoked to uh, I'm stoked for cool. people to hear this this cult classic record that that's coming out on May 17th. And I'm assuming it'll be available yeah, on yeah. all the, all the streaming services so people can go find it. Yeah. Yeah. We've pressed, we pressed vinyl too. So we got, you know, physical, we got CDs. <laughs> people still use uh, <laughs> those, those things. Absolutely. Dude. Coasters. <laughs> but we, we, we got some hella nice vinyl. I did all the artwork myself. So I'm gonna it, have was to a, grab it was a full on labor of love, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool, dude. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna play it out with uh, with at home. I feel like you know that's the jam that introduced me to your music, so I figured that was fitting to 
to play it out with, but we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is, it's a program. So if we could get the uh, the John Bryant, it's a program, we can properly uh, sail this thing out. It's a, it's a program? Yeah, just like that. You're nailing it. You're doing it already. Is that good? All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. This is the real one. This one's for the money. All right. It's a program. That's John Bryan, everybody. Thanks for uh, thanks for chatting, man. Definitely. <laughs> and uh, this is this is a jam called At Home, which you can find uh, already on your streaming services. It was released as a single last year, and uh, the remainder of the record will come out on May seventeenth. And that is the Jelly Jams. We will catch you on the flip side, Portland. We were born into